We speak the name of Jesus. Oh, Lord, we love you. Thank you for that. I'll just turn the service. Such a nice atmosphere. Let's just go to prayer. Almighty, precious, heavenly Father, Lord, we welcome you this evening, oh God. You are always faithful, Father. Lord, heaven and earth will pass away, but your word will still stay true, will never pass away, Father. Lord, we are coming in the name of Jesus Christ, the name that is above any other name. In it there is victory, Father, in the name when the first time it was mentioned, Father, it brought resurrection and life to that little baby John in the belly of his mother, in the womb of his mother. Father, you are still the same God, and the same name still has the same power today, Father. Lord, let that name of life, let that name of righteousness, Father, be pronounced this evening. Lord, we welcome you this evening, Father. Thank you for your presence. We glorify your name, Jesus Christ. We glorify that name, Father, that is breaking every stronghold, every disease, every doubt, Father, Lord. We rebuke it in the name of Jesus Christ. 
Father, you said in the name we have found, Lord, our refuge is the center of our life, Father. How we love that name is the name, Father, that we cherish with all our heart, Father. It's still casting the demons today, Father. It's still bringing salvation. The name of Jesus Christ, the name of our Lord. Every redemptive blessing, every redemptive name, that the compound name of Jehovah, oh, Father, including that name of Jesus Christ, there is rest, there is love, there is Father healing. Lord, we glorify your name this evening. Thank you, Father. May you bless us for the remainder of the service, Father. May you speak to our heart. Draw us closer to you, O oh Lord Jesus Christ. Put the man aside, the one that is speaking, the one that is here. May you put the man part, Father. Lord, we eat a Wednesday. Maybe we have worked hard and we are tired in the body, but let, Father, the part that is can never be tired, the soul, feed upon the Word of God, Father, this evening, Lord. We want to forget ourselves and just focus on the Word of truth, Father. As the Word will come forth, let the faith increase, Father. As we want, Father, Lord, to reiterate what you have given us in this last age. Lord, we glorify your name and we praise you. In the name of Jesus Christ, we pray. That's all the singing. Thank you. God bless you richly. I greet you in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ this evening. Thank God for his presence already. Those who are here and those who are streaming, welcome you in the service as you have welcomed the Lord Jesus Christ. I would like to go to the word of God in 2 Corinthians. The Scripture read last time. Second Corinthians, verse three. Second Corinthians, verse three, uh, chapter three. Sorry. Verse 6, and who also had made us able ministers of the New Testament, not of the letter, but of the Spirit. For the letter killeth, but the Spirit giveth life. But if the ministration of death, written and engraven in stones, was glorious, so that the children of Israel could not steadfastly behold the face of Moses for the glory of his countenance, which glory was to be borne away, how shall not the ministration of the Spirit be rather glorious? For if the ministration of condemnation be glorious, much more doth the ministration of righteousness exceed in life, in glory. For even that which was made glorious had no glory in this respect by reason of the glory that excelleth. But if that which is done away was glorious, much more that which remaineth is glorious." Just go to verse 15, says, But even unto this day, when Moses is read, the veil is upon the heart. Nevertheless, when it shall turn to the Lord, means when the heart is turned to the Lord, the veil shall be taken away. When is going the heart be turned to the Lord? Need the ministry of Malachi 4. Amen. It says, Now the Lord is that spirit, and where the spirit of the Lord is, there is liberty. But we all with open face beholding as in a glass the glory of the Lord are changed into the same image from glory to glory even as by the Spirit 
of the Lord. May God bless his word. You can have your seat. Thank the Lord for the services on Sunday, amen, for speaking to our heart and using the service in the morning and the evening, and also taking part in the ordinances that the Lord has given us. It's always a blessing, and we feel refreshed, amen. How many can testify that they have been blessed? It has been a blessing, certainly, thank God. It has been said that it was the happy it was a birthday for my son, the happy birthday for my son. He's nine years old. Just, uh, just want to thank the Lord for, for that son. As, uh, we all know that uh, we had, uh, it was hard for us to have children, couldn't have children. And then by God's grace, uh, you have been praying for us. And by God's grace, God answered to your prayers. So he's an answer to prayers. Amen. We come to that day, always, you know, as a parent, uh, remember how hard it was at going to that trial, but God is faithful. Amen? Yeah. It's an encouragement for all those who go through that as well. God answers to prayers. Let's remember what Brother Joel Fournier, when he prayed for us on that time, he said, next time I'm going to see you, I'm going to see you with a child. And by God's grace, next time that he saw us, we had a child. Sometimes you just need to hold to a certain promise, make it believe it's real to you, and just continue believing God. May God continue to bless him. Um, I'd like to read in Luke 23, 39. The Bible says, and one of the malefactors which were hanged railed on him, saying, If thou be Christ, save thyself and us. But the other answering rebuked him, saying, Dost not thou fear God, seeing that thou art in the same condemnation? Says, And we indeed justly, for we receive the due reward of our deeds. But this man, I done nothing amiss. Just think about it. What well, that 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 malefactor? He, he had a bad life, as we can understand. Not too much is said about him, but we can see just it was a malefactor. He had all the bad things and could have done. I think at one place I didn't get across it, but I think I heard one time says Brother Bam says he didn't even have. He didn't go to church. He didn't. He didn't have none of that. But none of those things we, that we can qualify, that this person qualified to be there. But I believe he had a place, and God knew that he would have a place. And something inside of him, just by seeing what was happening, I don't know what triggered him, what triggered him the most. Maybe after the suffering, and he could see, see that God could say, Jesus Christ could say, I forgive, I forgive them, even though for what they have done. Maybe it was that that, that, that triggered that, that seed that was inside of him. And he could realize that this person is different from any other person. That's why I could say, that's why he could say we, be, we, we, we deserve what we are going through. But this man, had done nothing. This man, had, are not you ashamed to even try to say, to say what you are saying? He's talking to the other malefactor. 
are not, you are not ashamed. You are not, you, you are not fearing God at that time. Oh, whenever I think at him, that, that was our conditions, you and I. That was our condition. We had nothing that we could boast about, but God put inside of us something that could respond to the word of God and realize this is the message of the hour. This is God. And he continues, he says, and he said unto Jesus, Lord, remember me when thy comest into thy kingdom. Did he understand all the mysteries and everything, but something gave him already revelation that he has a kingdom, he has a place, and he could even make his prayer, Lord, remember me. It's not like all the Pharisees and all the other people who had all the, the scriptures, they had all the letters, they had all the things, but they couldn't have the revelation of the word of God. But this man had the revelation of the word of God. He said, Lord, Miss God, Lord Jesus, Lord, remember me when you come in thy kingdom. Oh, praise be to God. And Jesus said unto him, Verily I say unto thee, Today shalt thou be with me in paradise. Today. Today you have a place in paradise. Today I will meet you on the other side. Amen. So we'll continue with the part of the, the rending or the veil being rent, the rending of the veil of traditions. Just go through quickly a little bit as a reminder. Last time as we talked about it, we realized that Moses had two, had Moses as a veil inside. Uh, Moses had a veil, as that Paul is relating to that. Moses had a veil that he had to put because of the glory that was upon him. If you go in the Exodus, you will see in the details how it has been part. But as you're reading the message, the unveiling, or listening to the message, the unveiling of God, you see that the prophet is relating to two, two, two types of veil. As he's preaching to that, there are two types of veil. There is one the veil in the temple, the one with the veil around, around the ark, the, the veil that's separating the second part to the third part. That's the veil first, and the prophet will go in details, and he was showing that that veil was, was, was preventing the people to see the glory of Shekinah, or the glory on the other side in the holies of holy, but there is also a veil that Moses had to put because when he was going in the presence of God and when he comes out of that presence of God, there was a glory upon him and the people were scared to approach him. People were scared to get closer to Moses and Moses had actually to call them. Moses was not aware at the beginning that he had that glory, but once he realized that, he was putting that veil upon himself so that people could not see that glory. So he put the veil, so two times of veil here, but you'll put that glory, you put that veil so that prevent the people from seeing when that glory of God will fade. But actually, the Bible is saying in Exodus, as you look into that, it says he had he, whenever he was speaking, whenever he was speaking to the people, he had that veil upon him. He will talk to the people, he will talk to the people. The glory was upon him. The, he put a veil on top of him. But when he, when he finishes speaking to the people, he'll go back to the presence of God. He remove that veil to talk to. God does not need that veil in order to be in the presence of God. So that veil, the prophet, as he was talking in the ministration, that veil, you don't need that veil when you are talking in the presence of God. So it's a veil of tradition. It's the veil that's preventing people, that blinding the people. But that veil, it's not needed when you are talking with God face to face. When you're in the presence of God, you don't need any intermediary. You can talk to God directly. Amen. As we can see, 
that, 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 veil, that, that veil is dead, is blinding the people and is preventing the people to see the glory of God. But in this time, I want just to foreshow it if I can have time by God's grace to show that in this time that veil has be to be removed. That veil is removed actually. Amen. At the first crucifixion, we see the first veil of the temple that was rent. I believe, as I talked with the brothers at the time, it has been still... It's uh, I was thinking about it and pondering about it. it says why, why the Pharisees, why God could still allow the Pharisees or, or the, the high priest and the priest to continue doing the sacrifices and whatever they have been doing, even though the veil was rent from top to the bottom. I believe, and this is just my own belief, but I believe that God allowed it and God continued to, to show to them the things that they were doing before that. The same ways after the, the veil was rent, they continued doing the same thing. Probably the Bible says at one point in John 11 that, um, that, that, that uh, the Caiaphas, being the high priest that same year, said to the, unto the people, just read here, he says, Now consider it is expedient for us that one man should die for the people. And that the whole nation perished not. And this spake he not of himself by being high priest that he, he prophesied that Jesus should die for that nation. So he having that office, God respected or had respect on that office. He, had, he could prophesy, he could prophesy the being of that office. He has prophesied and it, what he has prophesied came true concerning Jesus Christ. But perhaps even after Jesus Christ had passed, the things continued. The, having that office, things looked probably as if nothing has changed, but there was already a change of dispensation. And I believe, oh, that's just my own thinking, if it's not right, just take it and put it aside. <laughs> but it was just something I'm thinking about, pondering. And it, it, it could be the same thing as, as the rapture will happen. All the denominations will continue in the same systems, and they will have different things. They will see the same manifestation here and there, and they will think that things have not changed, but the rapture has already happened. There is already a change, and they will continue in the same system. That's why we realize, oh God, thank God for the message that we have received. Thank God that God has opened our eyes to see where we are. Thank God that God has made us a privileged people that our eyes have seen to see the opening of the word of God. While the Pharisees were criticizing Jesus Christ, if you look at the story of the crucifixion, I'll, remember, I'll, I'll remain a little bit here about the crucifixion. When the Pharisees are, criti are criticizing Jesus Christ, look at the story, how they're criticizing Jesus Christ. If you are the Christ, come out of the cross. If you are Christ, do this. If you are Christ, we don't believe in you. As they're as, as criticizing there, as a crucifying Christ, at the same time, God was revealing himself to that, to that malefactor who was next to him. As the saints were, or those between brackets we can call saints or religious people, at that time, they would say that they would be criticizing him, the Messiah, at that time. But the one who was the malefactor who had no quality, God was revealing to him and talking to him and to God was whispering secrets to him that none of the religious people could see. 
and God himself vindicating the rending of the, of the veil from the top to the bottom to all the Pharisees and the religious people of that time. But the malefactor was next to Jesus Christ and could see the mercy seat right in front of him. Had the mercy seat right next to him. Had the mercy seat, they could talk to him because he had something inside of him that could respond to the word of God for his age. Now listen to what the prophet says in the rising of the sun. He says, well, if you turn the picture like this and look, you can probably see from the audience it's Christ. So he had the picture of the cloud. I don't have it with me. But the picture of the cloud, as you look at it in the newspaper, is in a certain way. So he had to turn it to the right. Turn it to the right so that you can see that it is Jesus Christ. We thank God that we have received the message of the hour. I'm just trying to reiterate the importance of the message of the hour this evening. Because faith comes by hearing the word of truth. Amen. And it says, as, as we thank God that we have received the, a prophet or the ministry in our time who could take the Bible that we have received or we have read through many, many ages of many years. Now he could take and tell us, you know, you have to take the Bible and turn it in the right place. Turn it to the right way. And if you turn it the right way, you are going to see Jesus Christ. Because if you read the Bible and you don't see Jesus Christ, you need to read it again because you need to see Jesus Christ. If you take the message of the hour, you don't see Jesus Christ. You have to read it again because it is nothing else but Jesus Christ. Amen. The message is not about a man. The message is not about the prophet. The message is about Jesus Christ talking to his bride. Amen. And he says, it's Christ. See his eyes looking here just as perfect as it could be. Wearing the white wing of supreme deity and judge of whole heavens and earth. Can you see his eyes and nose, his mouth? The congregation says, amen. Just turn the picture from this, the way they had it this way, this way it's supposed to be. He says, he's a supreme just. There is none other but him. But that is perfectly identification, a vindication that this message is the truth. That no wonder how the, the cloud has become a, a, a place of controversy and different things. But the bride is not looking at those things. The bride look at what is given to her as a vindication that this message is the truth. Amen. As you see, the supreme just the same way it was revealed in Revelation 1. The same way it was revealed in Revelation, as it was talked to Revelation 1. That he will have his head and his hair as white like whom. How could it be possible? It, the prophet says it was possible because even though he was only 30 years old, he was the supreme judge. Amen. Aren't you glad that you have the supreme judge? Very usually when you look at the supreme judge, the judge will look in a negative way. He's going to judge me. He's going to condemn me. But this supreme judge is here to settle the case in a certain way that you can never, it can never be denied. He's here to tell the bride that she's virtuous, amen. He's here to tell the bride that you are forgiven, amen. He's here to tell the bride that the word is the one cleaning you, amen. I'm going to talk a little bit about grace this evening because when you look at this malefactor, he had nothing that he could present from himself. Nothing else but declare that you are the Christ. 
at a time where the rending of the temple, right there after that, as he has confessed it, and Jesus Christ, after he had died, Jesus Christ had given his, the ghost, the Bible declared it, then and he shouted with a loud voice, then the, 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 the veil was rent in two, but he was talking with one of the elect right there. He says that is the truth. It is true. And making him not a third person, but the only person. Why? With the white sea, you see the dark, his face, his beard, his eyes, and notice his looking. From him comes this light shining on the right hand side to which he's looking to. On the cross, that's where he looked to the right, where he pardoned that sinner. So when the supreme judge is coming, he's looking to the right. Where he pardoned that sinner. Oh God, thank you for your pardon. Thank you for your grace. Amen. Can you imagine a malefactor, whatever he has done in his life, whatever he is. And at the, at the time as Jesus Christ is going to the other dimension there. As he's giving his ghost, give up his ghost. And his, 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 his attention and his all that he had, he had to turn to him. His last moment, or maybe his last side, is to look at the one that he was just recognized who he was. Oh, praise be to God. That the message that we have received is coming here to look just at us on the right position. It says, you are pardoned. It says, on the cross, that way, look to the right. And it says, in the light of his resurrection, we still go forth in his name. I wish this morning that I had just much time to spend upon this phenomenon that beyond any shadow of that being proven for the past 30 years and 35 years right here at this church since down on the river when that same light came down here in Jeffersonville in 1930 and spoke those words as John the Baptist was sent to forerun the first coming of Christ, your message will forerun the second. Your message will forerun the second. We are at the end time and we see it. We wonder sometimes why it hasn't spread over the earth. Maybe sometimes we have a chance to explain it if God willing. Why it does not spread all over the world? Why it is not famous? Why not? But God is just talking secretly to his bride. Moses having that veil upon him simplifies or can be typified in many types here is the type of the veil in the temple of the holy of holies the type of the holy of the, of the lord jesus christ the flesh having no beauty to attract by the pillar of fire was behind the lord jesus christ it was a stumbling block for the pharisees because they could not see god in a man what blinded israel is that it was just it was a man and that man, they, was, they, they rebuked him that he was a man, but he was making himself God. I think that even a secret to Satan at that time, because he couldn't comprehend how that man could be God. And he was even asking, if you are a son of God, change this stone into, into bread and come with different things and uh, trying to tempt him. Because he couldn't understand, he couldn't believe, he couldn't comprehend it, that how that man could be God. Amen. 
I believe it is the same thing here. He cannot understand who we are, who the bride is. He doesn't understand the mystery behind it. We are not God, but doesn't understand the power behind it, behind us. I was just listening to the prophet, and the prophet in the message, he that is in you, says, if we could only understand the meaning of that sentence, he that is in you is greater than he that is in the world. Satan doesn't understand it, doesn't comprehend it, but I believe us as well, we need to have the revelation, more revelation of what it means that God is inside of us. Amen. That's what we need to remind the devil whenever it's coming. Jesus Christ didn't overcome him by his power, but he overcame him, but it is written by the word of God. You don't need to mind what the devil is telling you. Because the devil is always a liar. Whatever he's telling you is a lie to begin with. So you don't need to mind what the devil is trying to tell you. If the devil comes and tries to tell you that you are not a Christian, tell him, the devil, I don't want to mind what you are saying. I know from where I come, I'm not what yet I must be or I want to be, but I'm on my way, on the journey for the rapture. And God's grace is sufficient for me, amen. Sometimes he doesn't understand and says who we are because God thought of you. When God thought of you, the devil was not there. When God thought of you, the enemy was not even there yet. But God created, because God created hell not for you, but he created hell for him. But you, he created you so that you can spend eternity with him. Amen. When he thought of you, the devil was not even there. I think what Brother Ron Spencer sometimes said, the enemy, the enemy or the devil underestimates you. <laughs> I believe it's very good. Satan underestimates you. He thinks that you're just a human. Yes, you're just a human, but behind you, there is the glory of God. Behind you, God is backing you up. Amen. So he was veiled in a man called Jesus Christ. The prophet says, the unveiling of God. So the Greek could not see him because he was hid from them in a human being. Notice his word to them, except this corn of wheat falls in the ground. I want us to show here, Jesus Christ, the prophet said, Jesus Christ was not a different person from the Father. Sometimes when you look at that word, kenos, you think of it like it is the Father here is pouring something in another vase here, and the Father stays here, and that vase is the Jesus Christ, and is the Son representing the Father. That's not the case. It's actually the Father himself just changing mask and fulfilling the ministry of the Son. It's the same person as you go in the drama is the same person once you put that veil here goes behind the veil and it comes the same person putting something a mask that is completely different from what it was before but it's still the same person doing the same ministry amen so the holy ghost is not a different person from the lord jesus christ it's the same person in a different form he goes behind the veil and when he comes outside of the veil and you see it's the holy ghost so the one that is behind the, the one that is in the Christian, in a born-again Christian, is nothing else but the Father, is nothing else but the Lord Jesus Christ. That's why we believe in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. Yeah. Prophet says, God in man had emptied himself. Joel 2, 28, we find out, he says, I will pour out in the last days my spirit, now, if you notice the word, the Greek word, he says, 
I couldn't find it. I was talking about the candles. He says, and he says, when he said that he emptied himself, he poured out. Now, we will think that like this, that he vomited up the English word, emptied and poured it out of him. Something went out of him that was different from him. But the word kenos, it does not mean he vomited up. His word went off and he says, his eyes, another person, he says, he changed himself, he poured himself into, into another mask, into another form. No other person went out of him called by the Holy Ghost, but he was himself. Amen. So as you see here, God was also behind, behind the man that came to visit Abraham. The prophet will illustrate that many times. The man that came to visit Abraham was God himself because Abraham called him Elohim. He called him God. Lord, Lord with capital L is God himself. Elohim. It was not a different person. It was God veiled behind a flesh. Amen. God veiled behind the flesh and God has promised us that we will have the same manifestation in the last age. Why a prophet could preach the unveiling of God? Because it is a promise that can only, I believe, it's a promise that can only be made real in our time. So real in our time. Because it's God using again the flesh as to manifest that he's still God doing the same ministry of the Son of Man. The prophet says, now in this age, when the old denomination and traditional veil has been rent from the word of God, so it can be manifested, you see what I mean? The tradition says, all these things are past. Let it soak a little bit. The things are past. But in the last day, the traditional veil has been rent apart, and here stands the pillar of fire. Here he is manifesting the word for this day. The veil is rent. I like to, be, to say that and believe that with all my heart, the veil is rent. The veil in this age to manifest that God is here, the same pillar of fire is here, is rent. Amen. It says, now the world still, they don't believe it, no matter what. They don't see it, they don't see it. It wasn't sent to them. Remember, the Son of God was not revealed to Sodom. Two messengers was, that's right. But this God himself in human flesh was revealed to Abraham, the elect. And watch what he done to reveal himself. Now Abraham knew when he knew what was in Sarah's thought behind him, he said and called him, Elohim. When he saw that he could know, he knew the name of Abraham from Abraham to Abraham, and he knew Sarai for Sarah, and he knew the thought of Sarai, he could tell and realize that this is Elohim. It's not a man, but it's Elohim. Now the prophet says, and the mighty God unveiled before us, says, And Jesus said, as it was in the days of Solomon, so shall it be at the coming of the Son of Man. Deity veiled again in human flesh. And remember, Jesus didn't say when the Son of Man is being revealed. In Luke 17, chapter, I believe, in about the 20th, 21st verse, somewhere along there, he said, when the Son of Man is being revealed, the Son of Man back in the church again, revealed in the human beings, not Son of God, but the Son of Man again, back in his church again. In the last days, we found that he promised that it's in God's promises. So why, why, why those things? Why the veil has to be rent in the last age? Because we have a promise where we have to see God behind the veil. We have to see this ministry of the Son of Man again. Amen. That we can identify and realize this cannot be a man. Behind it must be God doing the work. Amen. 
I'm not going to say to show that Brother Banam is God. Brother Banam is not God. Brother Banam is not Elohim. But the one who was working behind Brother Banam was Elohim. Amen. So the proverb saying, unveiling of God, this ministry comes from reformation back to the original word again. The word comes to a prophet. He promised in Malachi 4 that to restore the faith of the people back to the original grain. What went in the grain is here the same. The grain is come up from here. It comes up as the son of God. Now to reveal itself as the son of man. Then it reveals itself as the son of David on the throne. Three sons, just exactly, oh my, again, like the original. Now to the perfect ministry of himself. So the same ministry that started at the beginning, the same grand that started at the beginning, it's going through different phases. It didn't come to the maturity yet, but in this last age, the same ministry comes to the full maturity, to the full restoration, and he's not calling it a perfect ministry or a ministry of another person, but he's calling it the ministry, the perfect ministry of God himself. So the God himself coming, doing the same work again. So not some man, not some denomination, and they've worked through, down through the, that edge there, but himself made manifest, manifest himself to the promise, making, making Luke 17, 28, Malachi 4, and Hebrew 13, just exactly right. Are you with me this evening? I know it's Wednesday, but just follow me with me for a few minutes. Amen? All type must be fulfilled. God himself appeared in the form of a human being. So Abraham natural seed before the destruction and Jesus said it will be the same thing to this royal seed before the promised son returns. So what is coming, the confusion when we talk about it is because when we see Brother Branham and we see what God has done in his ministry, we see something that makes come a confusion. Can Francois come? Is he, Francois, can you come? Sorry to just uh, think about talking about this one. So, but I can come as well if you don't mind. So, I'm going to, God forgive me, I'm going to make him God a little bit. <laughs> you are a prophet. So. So in the ministry of, of, you see, in the time of Abraham, when you look at the two people, you could see the one that was coming in the theophany form is coming visiting Abraham. So you see two people coming in Abraham. So easily you can look at them and distinguish and say, this is Abraham, and this is God, this is what he has done, and we can see what he has accomplished. Then you say, God has visited Abraham. But Abraham saw the day of the Lord Jesus Christ. Amen? So he had that same visitation. But in our time, what's the difference is, is God is coming. Just move a little bit. And is using the same vessel here. And as from outside, when you look at it, you don't see. I believe you don't see him. <laughs> you just see Abraham. You just see H-A-M. And sometimes people take this one as God. This one is not God. It's the one behind him that is God doing the work. Amen. Sometimes people want to make the same confusion. They see here, they will see Moses and they will see Joshua. They'll say, oh, you know, Brother Banam is not there anymore as Moses. 
So only Joshua could take over. No, the prophet says no. He had to do the same things at the same time. Joshua and Moses are just the same person. God doing the same ministry in the same person. When you see John the Baptist and you see the Lord Jesus Christ, and there's been given to John the Baptist that you have to present Jesus Christ to the bride, and he can do this work, he says, I want with God to crown my ministry that I could, I could dress the bride with, with, with the wedding dress and I could, present, I could present the Lamb of God to the bride. You see two different people in the first coming of the Lord Jesus Christ. In the second coming, it's still the same person is inside. So it's here, he's speaking and he's declaring. He says, the Lamb is here. People are looking, where is he? He's behind him can come. God bless you. That's the unveiling of God. The nomination cannot see that, but us, we don't, the veil is not there to hinder us anymore. It's not there to, pre, to prevent us from seeing that the message that is coming is not the message of a man. It's the message of what is behind that man. That's why we value the message of the hour. That's why we value what God has given us. Because the message when it comes is not the call of a man call, calling the bride. It is God himself behind who's calling the bride, come out of Babylon. I come here for the rapture. I come here to give you rapture in grace. Once again, he's turning his eyes to look upon you. He knows your situation. He knows where you are. He knows how to call you. Not a man called you. It was God who called you. That's why the proverb says, in the unveiling of God, all this year I have hid in my heart, veiling Christ, the same pillar of fire, interpreting the word as promised, we are in the last day, just the coming of the Lord. But I didn't finish also the same illustration. We can go further with the prophet, because the prophet was only a waved sheaf. To show that what they've done with the wave sheaf here, I want to do the same thing in every believer in this last age that I will be the one behind them doing the work. The veil of the believer first is removed upon the ministry of life. That's why we can see clearly that it's God doing the work. The ministry of life comes to take away the veil of traditions. Do you believe that? You will use the identification and says, In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was God, and the Word was made flesh. So he and the Word became one that the Word could express and could show to the world that example of what man should be. So Jesus Christ was an example. Brother Banham was an example. If you want, and the bride as well, if you want to have the same experience, the prophet you say in exposition of the seven church age, if you want it in our midst, then you need to welcome and receive the word. Don't ever let anyone or anything get between you and the word. So when a person is born again, deity comes inside of that person. 
and it is not, it, it is not, it is not just a spirit as we call it a spirit, but it's a portion of that deity that dwells in the heart of every born again Christian. That's why God could say, ask whatever you will and it will be given to you. If you ask just by your own lust, it's you asking. But if it is the Holy Spirit and you quoting the word of God, God is obligated to answer to the Holy Ghost because it's himself. Amen. Did it fell on the day of Pentecost is still falling, the prophet says. I believe with all my respect, the threefold ministry of God, that the first part where God wanted to reveal himself to the people in Jesus Christ, and then he wanted to have the preeminence in the body of believers, that's the second part God is doing it right now, having the full preeminence upon the bride. Amen. And then the third part is to restore back to Eden. But as we know, in the flesh, the prophet says, but now as ever, the skin veil is what catches the traditions. It isn't our body that we catch is traditions and different things. So we want to, as we spoke last time, uh, Brother Ed spoke tremendously very well on that part as well, is not to limit only on the mechanical part, on the traditional part, or make the, make the word of God become too common. That's where we miss the point. And if say they just can't believe that God is making them people act like that, it's because God is veiled in his church, in his skin, and skin on it. That's right, is hid from the unbeliever, but is revealed to the believer. Amen? Do you believe that? says, God, he wants to place behind our skins. God wants to be behind our skins. God never commits. I'll just use one example to show that God always wants to, 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 to work or operate behind the skins. God never Commit his preaching or his gospel to an angel, the prophet says. The Holy Spirit, the Holy Spirit covers the earth, but it's almost helpless until it gets into you and to me. God is depending on you and I. The Holy Spirit, the earth is full of the Spirit of God, but it's poured out. It cannot operate until it comes into us. We human beings to operate. The master, I would say the master knows what exactly, how many laborers are needed, but he's still the same one who's asking us to pray. Even though he knows the needs, but still asking us to pray. And the prophet will say, he says, God is depending upon his church. God is relying on us of this age to bring this gospel light to a dying, heat and bound traditional world. God is laying the burden on me and you. What unto us if the heathen dies without knowing? And we'll go, we'll go even further. We'll take the example of Philip. It says Philip the eunuch was there and he was reading the Bible and he was, and he was reading and everything. As a human person, you can say, but the Holy Ghost could just reveal to him and everything. But the prophet says God had to send a man to him to explain to him that that scripture is pertaining, is actually current and applying to the Lord Jesus Christ. God is depending on you and I to fulfill his work sometimes. Look at the example of Peter. 
God could have used an angel and go directly and speak to Cornelius' house. Cornelius was a righteous man, but God could have just directly and go and speak to Cornelius. But God used Peter and says, Peter, you have to go and meet Cornelius because I'm the one always using a man to redeem another man. I'll say many times we miss blessings because we don't want God in, behind the skin to help us. Many times we, we, don't want, we miss the blessings because we don't want to confess our sins to one another. We don't want to use the gift in one another. But the body supplies to one another. The germ is in the body, the prophet says. If you are struggling with something, find someone you can trust and pray together. Don't die on your own corner. Because God is using a man to help another man. And you too, don't, sometimes the person to whom something is confided, you need to be trustworthy. Sometimes you confide something to someone and then the whole church knows that. Then we just Amen? I'm just using an example before. James 5 says, Confess your fault one to another and pray one for another that ye may be healed. The effectual fervent prayer of a righteous man availeth much. You can look at that example. Look also at Paul. It says, But Paul at that time was called Saul. But Saul, God has met you in the pillar of fire. You had an experience with the pillar of fire. But why does you need Ananas to come again to pray for you? The prophet says in the spoken words in the original seed, he says, but Ananas had the germ and had the word. Amen. That prophet Ananas saw a vision. He says, go up and land your hands on him. He says, brother Saul, the Lord appeared to you on the road coming down here. How did he know? He had the word. The word of the Lord came to the prophet, prophesied, went up there and says, he come, he sent me up here. I might lay my hands upon you and you will be healed and receive the Holy Ghost. Receive your sight. But Paul, you just, God, could you just heal you? No, God wants to use another man in order to perform the work that God wants him to do. Amen. You might say, but this belongs to a prophet. He was Ananias or the prophet. But what about that sister who had a burden for that girl? And he wanted to pray for that girl. And he had still that burden to pray for that girl. And he thought, but the, the, the mother will go in the prayer line. Brother Barnum will be there. Brother Barnum will pray for that baby. But, but she couldn't get rid of that. And finally, she, she suggested the mother and she prayed for the baby. And then she prayed for the baby. And she, the, when she went to the prayer line and she saw that, oh, the prophet is going to pray for that baby. So it's going to be all right. And the prophet seeing that, he says, Oh, that baby was already healed when that mother prayed for you. Think about that. When God could use the prophet, but God chose to use another mother who had more compassion, who could comprehend, who understand what the mother was going and what was going through the struggle and could pray with all the compassion. And God from heaven heard the prayer of that sister to respond to the need in the body. God behind skins. Like we saw that example, but sometimes don't belittle the burden you have in your heart to call someone or to pray with someone. It's God behind the skin using you, amen. And the prophet looked at that, think about it. Probably the mother still had the baby crying, still had the symptoms and the different things. 
But the prophet declared that baby was already healed when the sister prayed for that baby. Let me encourage you this evening. You might have the symptoms from whatever it is happening here in your life. But let me tell you, once you have grabbed the faith, we want to have grabbed the word of God. If God has declared that you are healed, just stay with the promise of God that I'm healed. No matter the symptoms, no matter the circumstances. out of time here, but um, let me just skip a few things. Notice every time that the word is being crucified, at the same time there is a veil that is being rent. The prophet preached the message, what shall I do with Jesus called Christ? Said Jesus Christ, in that message, if you listen to it, Jesus Christ, the word is in the hands of the people the same way that Jesus Christ was in the hand of Paul Pilate. Paul Pilate could not refuse him, could not wash him away from his hands. You cannot stay indifferent once you hear the word of God or stay neutral. Says, you know, it's good. I don't have anything against that word. And it's fine. They're okay people. That's not the position the bride can be. The bride has to accept the whole word and stand for the truth. You cannot stay neutral within what the world is proposing and what he didn't want to hurt Jesus Christ and didn't want also to, to hurt the people. So at the end, he went for the people because he wanted to please the people. But the bride will stay absolutely hanging upon what that saved the Lord, amen, upon what God is requiring. You have either to accept it or reject it. You cannot blame it on someone else. There is only one way to take him out of your hand is to put God in your heart. Is to put Christ in your heart and Christ is the revealed word of the hour. Christ, the revealed word of the hour, is being crucified once again at the pulpit. That's why the prophet will preach the message, the indictment. People don't want to read the open word. They don't want to accept your open word. They still want to the closed word. But we have an open book. Amen. Notice he could not preach the indictment unless the word was first rejected. Unless the word was first crucified. And people continue to crucify the word of God. And he used that message, he used the scripture to, 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 to back up his message on the Hebrew 6, chapter 6 and verse 6, where he said, They shall fall away to renew them again unto repentance, seeing they crucify to themselves the Son of God afresh and put him to an open shame. But let me encourage you today. The elect cannot crucify Christ the second time. While he's being crucified, the elect are receiving God's grace like that malefactor received God's grace. The mercy seat is being revealed to the elect. The elect bear the shame of his crucifixion. They are being mocked for the message of the hour. They are being crucified. Just think about it, that malefactor. What people, if they could hear that conversation, look at those two people there dying. They're trying to see they're going to be somewhere. But there was a mystery happening between them. The bride is crucifying this flesh. We identified with his crucifixion too, as the Bible tells us in Galatians 5, 24. 
as they that are Christ have crucified the flesh with the affections and lust. And in Matthew 16, 24, then said Jesus unto his disciples, if any man will come after me, let him deny himself and take up his cross and follow me. Like they crucified him by putting a crown upon him, they are putting a crown of corn upon you when they make fun of you. The prophet says in the indictment, his other speech comes from the pulpit, that's where his new Calvary is at. They crucify him, the word at the pulpit, that's right. How they do that? By the forms of godliness that exactly crowned from the audience by scoffers. He's got a new crown of thorns, scoffers, pierced from the pulpit, crowned by the scoffers. Is he crucified again afresh? Stripped by man-made creeds, teachers of denominations against his word. They striped him in shame, condemned him. Jesus said, in vain they worship me. In vain do do in vain, don't do no good. Who do they worship? They worship that same God. They was worshiping that same God at his first crucifixion. But it was vain worship. It's the same thing today. In vain they build these denominations. In vain they build these seminaries. In vain they have these creeds. Teaching for doctrine the commandments of man and denying the word of God. They are guilty of crucifying the prince of life, teaching man's doctrine of this word. In vain they worship me. Isn't that hard? But only a prophet could speak that hard. Then he says, When you see that go down the street and some of you ladies with long hands say, She's old-fashioned, isn't she? Remember, that's covers. That's the crown that you're wearing. God said it was your glory. Wear it with pride. Hallelujah. Wear it with pride as you would wear a crown of thorn for your Lord. Wear it with pride. Don't be ashamed. He said, so no matter what these Jezebels say today, what these impostors stand in the pulpit, crucifiers of Christ, no matter what they say, you wear it with pride. Said God say, you keep it crowned with scoffers again, thorns pierced with the pulpit, with creeds. He got a new Golgotha where they take him to. These robed choirs and short-wearing women, bobbed hair, painted face, singing in the choir like angels with talent. That is his new Golgotha. Modern strip tease is protected by a law like Sodom and Gomorrah. Yeah. Is the prophet speaking? I feel like not allowed to say that, but is the prophet speaking, just repeating the word of the prophet? That's the condition of the age where we are living in. But we thank God that there is a bride that is receiving grace of God. Say, God, whatever you want me to do, I want to do it. Amen. Even like that malefactor there, he didn't have anything he could do on his own. We feel like in the same condition, we don't have anything. We, we can't rewind our past. We can't rewind everything. But there's one thing we can do. God, remember me, Lord. Let your word be made flesh inside of me, Lord. Let it have life inside of me. I want to honor you with all my life. Amen. That's why it is. 
Why is it has to be in this age? Why the unveiling of God, why did the rending of the, of the veil has to happen in this age? Because we have received the pillar of fire. Because the pillar of fire is back again. The pillar of fire never came out in the public, the prophet says, anymore until Jesus came. What a type of the church age is. It never came back from the first age of Paul until this last age. When this is the first time that a supernatural being has ever been photographed. Why the pillar of fire came back? It came back to confirm that the message is the truth. Why it came back to show that the same God who wrote the word of God, the same God who wrote the, the Old Testament and the New Testament, is the same God interpreting the word of God, but through the prophet. But I will say also, it's the same pillar of fire working through the vine to the bride, believing the same word of God. Amen. And living the same word of God. The prophet will say the Holy Ghost has been bound by these denominational rivers for almost 2,000 years. But it is to be loosed in the evening time by the evening time message. The Holy Spirit back in the church again, Christ himself revealed in human flesh in the evening time. He said he promised it. Oh, praise be to God. It says, Revelation 10, listen close. How bride called out by the word. Christ himself calling out to the bride, making plain Hebrew 13, 8. is the same yesterday, today, and forever. That's the same. is the same. He that believe on me, the works that I do, shall he do also. So the Holy Ghost was bound by traditions, but God sent the word of God to rent the veil of traditions to make the mercy seat plain to the bride. We look sometimes we look at it and says, but what is it plain? What is it plain? The prophet will say later, it's the word of God becoming plain. God has made the word of God so plain to us. Sometimes we take it for granted, but because it has become so plain to us. When you have the word of God so plain to us, or so manifested, we should cherish the word of God so plain to us. Where is the word of God? That's where is the manifestation of the grace of God. You know, the, that manufacturer, the, the Pharisees could still look in the old temple and say, you know, that, that's where we want to rely on, that's where we have to continue the same thing. But God was showing to this manufacturer, this word being made manifested... That's where grace is. All their righteousness and what a white robe they're trying to put in, there is no righteousness in that. But you as a manufacturer, as you have received the word of God for your age, even your past is, has been completely erased. Now you have received the righteousness of God and today you will be with me in paradise. Any other traditions can be imitated, but the life of Jesus Christ can never be imitated. Satan will try to impersonate everything, but he can never impersonate the third pool. The first pool was impersonated. The second pool was impersonated. There are still many prophecies you can see on the other denominations. Some of them are 50-50. Sometimes they are true. Sometimes they are not true. They are trying to impersonate. But they can never impersonate the third pool, which is the revealing of the whole word of God. The prophet says Satan will try to impersonate. He will try to impersonate everything that the church will do. He has tried to do it. We notice through the Antichrist. But this one thing he cannot impersonate. 
There will be no mimic to this because he doesn't know it. There is no way for him to know it. It's the third pool. The third pool is not a public manifestation. It's a secret relationship between the bride and the bridegroom. You When you are in the inner chamber with him, without the veil, you are talking to him like Moses was talking to him. That's why we want a heart change. God, change my heart. Every time God change my heart, make that relationship become so personal, then there won't be any veil because I cannot produce the life. You cannot produce the life. Only God, like I put this, only God behind can do the work. And he will do the work. Prophet says in the unveiling of God, we are inside of Christ. As then all true believers see him, the word of promise of this age openly manifested. That's a big word if you can get it. See, all true believers that in the word see God openly. The veil is rent and God stands openly before you manifested. That's my prayer. Let the word of God become so openly manifested to each and every one of us. It's not because the pastor says it, it's not because the preacher says it, it's not because the father says it, or the, my wife said it, but God, your word is now openly manifested to me, and I want to stay there, I want to grow there, I want to be changed from glory to glory, I want that to become a reality, I want myself to look in the mirror of the word of God, and I can say, that's me, mama, I can see myself in the word of God, amen. As the prophet will leave that example of that boy, he was telling to that captain, of the sheep says, you know, I want to read to you the way my mother wanted me to read the Bible. He will say this Tim Pruitt, he was brought for Tim Pruitt. You want our, we want ourselves to see our names in the book. We want to see our names in the Bible. The Bible is talking about me, amen. When I look at Esther, it's me. When I look at Ruth, it's me, amen. I want a close relationship. I hope that's a reality and a desire for every one of us. Christ is the mystery of God. Finish with this. Justified in his sight. Why are we justified? We are his victory. The church is his victory. We come forth in these last days with this glorious gospel showing his victory. He died for this purpose and we are proof of his victory. Amen. When we see him coming down and living among the church, that is his victory. Sure, he couldn't keep him in the grave, neither can they keep us in the grave. Neither, neither can they keep us. That's right. We are bound right. We are bound right. We are already potentially arised. Because we've raised from dead unbelief in this world, from denominations of Greeks to an eternal word of the eternal God. I like that word. We are already potentially arise. Means the potential is here. The potential is in the word of God. Once you are born again, you have the whole potential for the resurrection. Right there, amen. Just waiting for the manifestation. Stay in that potential, amen. You don't maybe see the result right away, but stay in that potential. Grow in that potential. Read the word of God. Pray every day. Asking the presence of God, ask for more revelation. That's where the potential is, amen, brothers and sisters. To an eternal word of the eternal God, which is him himself, 
working through us, manifesting himself that he is the same yesterday, today, and forever. The musicians can come. The message go wake up and say, now think on these things while we are speaking all these potential that you need of healing is already here. When Jesus Christ, the Son of God, purchased these things at Calvary, and they are open to whosoever will can have divine healing, the only thing it takes to operate is your faith. Just think electricity is in the wire, but you must press the button. We say the electricity is in the word of God, but you must press the button. You must press the button. You must press the button of faith. We must press the button by faith. We press the button believing that it will operate. Amen. Glory to God. Believe that you got something this evening. Far from all, I want to go, but God is good. Amen. Let's sing together. He is in the house. Just think about it. He is in this house. He's behind. So death has to flee. Amen. Little girl was lying there. The people all They just laughed at Jesus when he said she's only sleeping. As he took her by the hand, she began to live again. Some began to praise the Lord. Let's stand together. Some began to say, He's in the
think about that day when this house of clay is going to burst and be rent. Then we go in the rapture, completely free, amen. Oh, that day, glorious day that is just at the corner. That's where we are going, amen. It's your reality, and it only can happen in this last age. We thank God. Amen. We are marching over to Jerusalem. Brother, can I invite you to? We are marching over to Jerusalem. We're marching over to Jerusalem. 